It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply football hey we're gonna get back to the show in just a second but a quick shout out to federated mutual insurance company federated is here to help business owners and they've been uh, they've been helping business owners in the state of minnesota for over 100 years during pandemic periods and non-pandemic periods it really just helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business when you partner with federated you get more than just a policy you benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You can uh, see if you are watching us right now. Phil is out this week, and so uh, instead of doing Conduit to Trouble, we are going to uh, morph Conduit to Trouble into a Mackie and Judd episode. So it's Zolgad, it's De- uh, Declan Goff, as always, producing. And then um, our buddy Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune Sports columnist, joining us now. Chipper, what's up? How are things going? Good Christmas? Um, yeah, great Christmas. Um, everything is good. Uh, Minnesota sports are... <laughs> never, never a lack of things to talk about, Chip Scoggins. Never that, a lack of things to talk about. It is. Uh, it's never dull here. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, in fact, uh, on uh, Score North right now, we are in the process of um, of me, Declan, and Brian Murphy are going through a play by play, a series. I think it's what what Dex four or five parts. Yeah. Uh, of the 2010 Vikings <laughs> season. And if you ever, Chip, if you ever yeah. think things are bad now, yeah. I urge never, you to go back yeah. to Score North yeah. and listen to that and recall <laughs> what we went through and realize it ain't nothing compared to the 2010 um, trials and tribulations that essentially included everything that can go wrong for a team going wrong. Judd, I still wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweat sometimes thinking about <laughs> the thing that went on. Seriously, it, it, me and you should go in and write a book on that on that season because it. Uh, I would venture to guess that there will not be another NFL season as uh, eventful as that one. I mean, Washington is 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 trying, right? Well, and everybody tries. Well, like there have been a lot of there have been a lot of attempts to replicate. I just don't think that you can get to the point of chaos where your roof collapses because most yes. teams don't have roofs. You know, yeah. I would say wash the Washington football team is is, but there's just sort of a one story, yeah, uh, drama with the ownership yeah. right now. You have the quarterback now with Haskins, but but. But mostly it's just been ownership and the issues there. The, the 2010 Vikings 
was a little bit of everything and like literally everything. Yes. And so there, there needs to be a book written. So I think then you should go in and, and write the book. I, I think the difference is in Washington, for instance, Daniel Snyder's causing his problems. Yes. And he's doing that. Um, the Vikings basically had things go wrong that you never saw coming. Like, like if I had told you three years back, Daniel Snyder is going to have problems. You, you'd be like, of yeah. course he is. Look at him. Yeah. Um, but the 2010 Vikings, like you had everything, and and a lot of it was unpredictable completely. Yeah. Yeah. Like some yeah. of the far stuff, I guess, yeah. sort of might, might have been. But, yeah, so, uh, so scorenorth.com, Murph, me, Dex, uh, talking about the 2010 debacle yeah. that was the Vikings season. All right. Um, good Christmas for you. I'm glad to hear it. Good Christmas for me. Good Christmas for Dex. Not such a good Christmas for Mike <laughs> Zimmer. Uh, your thoughts on on what we saw, which was defensively really as bad as it can probably get. I don't think it can get much worse than that. No, that, that felt like Leslie Frazier's last year to me defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, where I th- I'm pretty sure that year that was what 13 was his last year. Yes, I, I'm pretty sure they they were dead last in NFL and uh, total defense scoring defense. It was just you know they gave up all the the uh, the blown leads and uh, collapses there at the end. This just felt uh, like that and unlike anything we've really seen from a Zimmer team, where they haven't always played well, but you feel like. It, you know, um, defensively, they're going to be at least competent. This yes. is, and I, and I don't know, and I know Zimmer's putting it all on personnel, and it, it is a big part of it, Judd. I mean, there's we, we can't ignore that. I mean, obviously, they're playing guys that should not be playing, that should be backups at best. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's as simple as, well, let's get Barr back, let's get – Daniel Hunter back. Let's get uh, Michael Pierce back, and, and we're going to be back, be a top five defense. Because um, I think that's too easy. I think it's too convenient to to do that. And so it'll be interesting to see. You know, Judd, they they reconfigured the defense before this year. I think they're going to have to do it again this off season. <sighs> not not to the level, but. Yeah. but but I think Barr's gone. I think Anthony Harris is gone. I think you need another defense, maybe two starting defense alignment. Safety. Who's your quarterback? Or uh, who's your uh, linebacker? Yeah. Uh, are you going to be able to sign uh, Wilson? So, I mean, I think you could see uh, another four or five new starters next year on this defense. Yeah, so here, here Chip, is the starting point of what I didn't like about what Mike said on, on Friday after the loss. And he walked it back, I think, yesterday in, in his comments a bit. Uh, if you look through, and I understand that these were primarily, or not primarily, I understand that there were a lot of backups here, all right? But what I didn't like about what he did on Friday was he basically said, it's embarrassing, it's the worst defense I've had. Okay, that's all true, that's fine. But then he came back with, and I don't have my guys. Go mm-hmm. back and look at the guys who started on Friday. Those are largely his guys. They're drafted. They're signed. I, I think I found about two guys who I would say, okay, yeah, th- those were guys who had to, to play. Uh, Chris Jones and, and then Lynch, yeah. who started, I believe, at linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. So there were two guys who I think we could um, characterize as street free agent guys. But besides that, that defensive line, those interior 
tackles are his guys. Shamar mm-hmm. Stefan was drafted by him, left here, and he brought him back, right? Mm-hmm. Chipper. Yes. Yep, Jalil Johnson was drafted by this franchise in 2017. He has yeah. been here. Like, there is no excuse for him. If he's this bad, he shouldn't be here still. So it did. It frustrated me a little bit that I felt that Mike, you know, Mike said, yeah, it's terrible, embarrassing, my worst defense, and then pivoted to, but they're not my guys. When I would say, Mike, they are your guys. They're just not very good. They are your guys, and Anthony Harris is your guy. Yeah. And he, he might have been the worst player on, on on the field, defender on the field Sunday. And so um yeah, that was your guy. And here's the thing this secondary, what did we scream about in the in the offseason? Bring in some veterans. You they chose to go this path. They yeah. chose to say we're just gonna trust these rookies and let them. So this is this was your plan. Now it wasn't your plan for Pierce to opt out and Barr to get hurt and, and Daniel Hunter to get hurt. Um and I get that, and that's out of their control. But the other, some of the other stuff is not out of your control. These are your guys. You're right, and and um, you chose to go with the young cornerbacks, and so I think it's a little bit too uh, scapegoating to just say, oh, "These aren't my guys. My guys will be back next year, and we'll be better." Hey, we don't know. Like, what kind of shape is Pierce going to come back in, Judd? Yeah. And 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 is Daniel Hunter going to be Daniel Hunter? Well, and, and and if he really comes back, Chip. Uh, in, in the spring, and his representatives go to the Vikings and say he needs to be the highest-paid defensive player, I can tell you flat out right now with, with the cat coming down, the Vikings can't do that. No. And, they can't do it. Well, it's not feasible, I don't think. And here's the other thing, Judd. How hard is Zimmer going to go to bat for to keep Barr? I would – You can't do it. You can't do it. You've got to tell Mike he's gone. But, $15 but if, million. Dollars. But, but Chip, what, what Hunter, if Hunter's truly going to ask for what, what was leaked out, that is starting quarterback m- money. And the Vikings don't have that. Well, yeah. Like, And the cap, if the cap comes down to, let's say, 190, 180, they really don't. And, and so, so, yeah, th- this whole notion that everyone is coming back is simply not true. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, okay, guys come back, but they're older. Harrison Smith. You know, there's going to be a decline, and I think we're probably seeing a decline or or maybe just, you know, a rough stretch for him. But these guys are not going to stay stagnant. They're not going to stay the guys they were when they were 25, 26, 27. I mean, they're going to get older, and and there's going to be a decline. And so you you have to factor. It's it's some of the same things that we they thought where they could just kind of keep running Xavier back out there and that that older crew and and thinking it's going to be the same results. And so um, going back to Hunter Judd, I, yes, he is one of the premier players, but his side also has to realize, hey, man, you're coming off a serious injury that knocked you out the whole year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be paid at the highest. You're not going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league coming off an injured year where you don't play, I don't think. I mean, maybe the Vikings acquiesce some, but uh, I, I don't know if if Hunter has the ultimate – uh, leverage in that situation. Now, if he come off another Pro Bowl year and one of the best, then then you could say, okay, maybe you know he, he has the ultimate. But when you've missed the whole year and you have it, this this injury, yeah, I think there has to be some give and take on his side too. The problem to me is this: if you're him and and you now know that, that your side uh, got completely destroyed, basically in the last contract negotiations by yes. the Vikings. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
if you're him, do you come back though off a neck problem to prove yourself, possibly no. get hurt again, and now you're done? Like now you're in huge trouble. Or do do you you say, look, I know that you want me to prove myself, but I'm not going to prove myself on this contract because if I'm good and I get hurt, I'm really still screwed. So I can see it both ways, but I just I can see with the cat coming down that the Vikings, I don't think, can just say, okay, cool. Like, no. yeah, we'll, we'll – I, I mean, you're paying Kirk. You're paying uh, You're paying Dalvin. You're paying a lot of guys now, um, and you're going to be up against it. And so I think it's going to be a really interesting standoff because I can see this from the Vikings side and the Hunter side of why it's going to be difficult for either of them to agree that it's best to go in the other – in the other's direction, if that makes sense. So how, many, how, uh, how much do we think that cap is going to come down? What's the projection? Uh, the most it could come down to is from 198 to 175. I'm guessing it's going to go to 190-ish. I'm guessing it's not going to come down as much so as we thought. So maybe, maybe $10 million. Yeah. Um, Let's say $10 million. Yeah. And, and so, but I have to think. Bar, so it, it, under that scenario, just everything has to do. I think Barr's gone. I think Riley Reese's gone. I think Kyle Rudolph's gone. I think Anthony Harris is gone. Those are mm-hmm. four pretty big contracts right there. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be able to clear some space there. Um, you know, you're going to see, I assume some veterans are going to have to take some pay cuts, you know. Um, but but I think those are four pretty big contracts that you're going to see come off the books, don't you? Yes, I've got a problem for for you, though. Um, speaking of necks, Mike Hughes, I think he back, I, back-to-back neck problems. So we don't know there. Um, if he I can't, think he's done, Judd. I think he's I mean, okay. If that's the case, Chip, who is your third corner? Who's going to have to play a lot? And and if he's not on the roster, I, I would think presumably he's going to have to be paid. Yes. Um, Gladney, Dantzler, and if you, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying Gladney starts. Dantzler starts if Mike Hughes is done can't come back and play who replaces him well that's where you you, you know you have to go out and sign somebody or I don't think you want to draft another quarter first round no I don't want another no um, no you can't want but, that but um and, you know maybe they this, that would be his fourth year Hughes yes yeah I think you'd be going into year four and the I, I think that it's the decision on the fifth year option is in if I'm not mistaken ju- this coming June yeah, well, they're not going to pick up that, obviously. No. Um, you know, I mean, you bring it back as your third or fourth guy. I mean, you, no, but you I'm know. just saying, Chip. Some it, it, as as far as available cash, yeah, I think you're going to have to pay. I think there's a good chance okay. here yeah. that you're going to have to pay a veteran to come in to be that third corner, which essentially in today's game is, is a starter. starter. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're going to have to spend money there, and forget the offensive side, which which they can't, but, I, John, I think you need some defensive line help. Even if you get Hunter and Pierce back, I think yeah. they're going to need uh, another defensive lineman. Three technique. Yeah. Right? And and here's the other thing. Has has Wilson priced himself out of returning? Well, I think, I think in the conversation to tell Zimmer that Barr is gone, it's very simple. Eric Wilson's not coming back if Barr – is retained. No. Because he's not it's, a starter it's, it's then and he is, and he should start. And it's either or and it, to me that that's the thing is like you can get Eric Wilson for cheaper than you can get Anthony Barr's like at 15 million, right? So yeah. whatever yeah, not, I, I, and I don't think Wilson's gonna set the bang bar or anything like that. I mean I think he's gonna get 
a nice pay bump, but I don't think he's going to be one of the highest paid linebackers or any stretch like that. And so you can probably get him on a reasonable deal, and then you go that way. And then I think he would probably want to stay put, I would guess. But you never know. Some team out there might think, hey, we let's let's spin big on him. I don't know. And what do you do at left guard? Well, here's because the thing. Dakota Dozier, Dakota Dozier it has as much chance of starting in 2021, I would hope, at left guard yeah. as Chip Scoggins does. And here's the thing, Judd. I think Riley Reese had a good year, mm-hmm. but I think just at his age and price and you worry about the decline, I would guess that they – and he's already taken one pay cut. Don't you think they probably move on yeah. from him? So you move Cleveland there. Assuming you think he can handle it, you know, but I think that's the plan, right? Move as a Cleveland left, guard, uh, left tackle. I think you need a left guard, a center, and a right guard. Whoa, you're you're bailing on uh, Bradbury? I'm close. That's a major bail. Chad, I mean, that's a first-round pick two years ago, man. Chad, look at his pass blocking. Yeah, I know. Now, I think he's. I think he is a good run blocker, and I think he fits what they do with his athleticism and getting out and doing other things. But too many times, I mean, he just gets pushed right back into into uh, Cousins. So maybe maybe you don't bail on him, but I would say I'm nervous. If yeah. I'm him. I, I would I would be apprehensive about yep. trusting him because I just I think he there's just protection problems with him. But at a minimum, I think you need two new starters on the line. Yeah, the guards definitely have to. And the two and guards, yeah. Why they ever thought, and I don't get this one, why they believed that Dakota Dozier could start there? Because they saw him play some yeah. in 2019 chips. So this was not like uh well, we signed him and we thought he was good. That's I just that's the Vikings hubris when trying to build a line. That's yeah. what I don't get. Like whatever made you in when you sat down and talked about uh, the 2020 season after last year, whatever made you say, you know, who could start at left guard Dakota Dozier. I, I he yeah. shouldn't have been, he's a backup yeah. at best. Yeah. He is. That's it. Well, I, mean, I think they thought Drew Samia was going to be a, an option too. And yeah, you're so, probably right. So, so Judd, I think you're looking at, First or second round, you have to take a guard, right? And then you then you probably have to spend on a veteran, and and you know, but not a guy that you're just you're finding off the street and just the guy who's, no. who's average, at, you know, and he got released because he's not very good, and, and not for this quarterback. No, like this quarterback needs needs this. He needs protection. Yeah, he he's not. He, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, um, Deshaun Watson, no. Russell Wilson. This guy needs that. That's the thing. I I, I'll, I would love to go back and hear when when the Vikings originally sat down to discuss Kirk, right? Yeah. And it was Spielman, and I'm sure the offensive staff and Zim. I'd love to hear the conversation about you know what we're going to sign him. You know he he's our guy. We're going to sign him to this huge contract. But do we really need a good line? I mean, I'm sure that they watched his games, right? What yeah. would have what would have made you watch his games in Washington, Chip, and come know. away saying, you know what? Let's sort of just piecemeal guard and see if that works. Because <laughs> he's, so he's so mobile. In Kirk's defense, it yeah. wasn't fair to Kirk. I know, and it's you know, as I've been thinking about this 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 week, Judd. This offense, you have Dalvin's what 1,500 yards rushing. Yeah. What's he at? Kirk has had statistically what well, he's over 30 touchdowns, right? Um, I don't know what his interception total is. I mean, he had what 
Uh, he, had 10, he had 10 of the five, but I think he's in like 13 now or something yeah. like that. So over 30 is passing yards. Uh, where do they rank? Declan's probably looking up in, in the NFL and scoring. Yeah, he's got he's got 3,800 yards right now, so yeah. he'll, he'll probably finish with 4,000. Yeah, and and as a in, in scoring offense, but does it? If you were to, at what percentage would you say that you feel like this offense functions at? Oh, um, you're gonna have a rookie of the year wide receiver. Yeah, you, you got. I I would say when it matters most, about 35. percent I know it's like it's the, very wrong. Like this offense has put up some impressive numbers. What was this? Yes. What was the thing that ESPN stats had last week where? Only the 19th that's had a 1,500-yard rusher in a, in a quarterback <laughs> yeah. in history. What's the term, Chip? Counting stats? They put yeah. up good counting stats. It's, it's, but, 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 they, but there's they, frustration with this. Like, what? Well, it's because they operate like they're 90-year-old men on the road when it matters most. You know, driving. It's like, okay, we'll drive nice. It's like you're in the four-minute offense, Coobs and yeah. Kirk. And and I think what I, – I think the tipping point – to what you're saying is very simple. I think the tipping point in this entire conversation is Justin Jefferson because he's so damn good and so damn skilled, and you can't believe sometimes that he's just sort of, hey, he's part of the puzzle. No, he's not. He's the centerpiece of the puzzle. Well, I I think it is that – I think it's a couple things. One, in the critical moments of two minutes, they just look discombobulated, like they've never practiced it and like they don't have a plan. And I think it's just the the reliance on Dalvin to bail their butts out all the time. Second 15, hand it to Dalvin. You know, third and nine, hand it to Dalvin. And and there are times when he'll get it. And you hear the commentators on TV like, that's all you got to do. Just hand it to Dalvin. He'll get the yards. Yeah. And it's like, there has to be more drawn out of this offense. Yeah. And, but in saying that, it's like they have really good stats, but it feels like there's just frustration that, that it's not maximized what it could be. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Dalvin is, is um, the training wheels on your kid's bike when you realize, hey, you know what? Take them off. My kid yeah. can balance now. And the kid's like, oh, no, no, training wheels stay on, Daddy. I got to have those training wheels. It's like, no, you really don't. And But, Chip, this goes back to why I told you before they paid Cook that, that I had reservations about it because I always said he's a fantastic player. I mean, he is a great player. It, this was never about him. This is about how they structure things and think about things. And it, it's almost as if by paying Cook that, that in Mike's mind post-bye week especially, Chip, that yeah. they're justified in how they do things. And everything that you're, you're saying not only makes sense, I think it's 100% true. So this was never on my – from my point, it was never saying that Cook is not good. He's yeah. great. But, like, the way that they go about using him is maddening because, one, it's damn near abusive to the player. Yeah. And, two, it doesn't maximize – like, you can't pay Kirk what you're paying Kirk and run the offense like this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But how much is the postmortem of this season going to be? Well, heck, if they had a, even just an average or, or mediocre defense, they'd be a playoff team for sure. You know that's going to happen, Judd. Yeah. And they're, and they're going to look at the offense as like, hey, yep. Alvin Cook, 
Justin Jefferson. We got I wrote that here. I wrote that exact thing. And oh, you did. I'm sorry. Spe- yeah, spe- <laughs> sorry to sorry to steal your material. No, no, no. But Spielman and Spielman and Zim are going to tell the Wolves exactly that. They're going. They're going to say, "Look at these stats. Look at Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, Cousins, Cousins." Yeah. Um, w- with a few tweaks, probably to the line, Irv Smith. With a few Conklin tweaks, is going to be a good yeah. player. So, so they're going to convince them that hey, offensively, we're fine. I would argue that your personnel is fine. I would argue your philosophy is flawed. That's that's where I wonder, like when when Zimmer and Kubiak sit down and they start dissecting this season. Do you think they'll come to realizations like, hey, we need to modernize this more. We can't just be Dalvin, 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 and then you know, occasional. Jefferson, which is not even occasional. That's not fair because he, he's caught a lot of passes and done a lot of good. So it's not occasional, but it's, it's just, timing though. It's timing. It's, First it's, half, it's, he's disappeared and then for no yeah, reason. It's, their comeback's going to be like, well, we have the rookie of the year. And what do you I mean? Look at what exactly. he's done. He's put up his historic numbers. What more do you want? So here's the problem. So, so I feel like it's, 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 yep. um, arguing. I don't know how to articulate because they're, they're, they're going to look at stats as like, well, Dalvin had a career year. Jefferson had historic numbers, Randy Moss numbers. What more do you want? Uh-huh. And but it just feels like there's again I go back to it just feels like it's not operating at what it could be because you're watching and I am too and so is Declan we're watching offenses that operate in 2020 and the Vikings don't yeah. that's why like if this was if this was 1994 this is great like this is optimal yeah. but it's 2020 and, and you've got mobile quarterbacks and you've got the chiefs doing all of this stuff and i'm not saying that the vikings can they can't but could they skew towards that absolutely and and after they won one of their first six games coming out of the buy chip the head coach basically took the offense and said yeah we're gonna run yeah and that's their, their identity i think it comes down to to this in its simplest form in 2020 if I was to ask you, give me give me one name, identity of the Vikings offense, you would write down Dalvin Cook. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, if you know football, that's a problem. It yeah. can't be a running – I don't care if it's a modern-day Earl Campbell, Walter yeah. Payton, Gale Sayers. In 2020, going into 21, you can't write down a running back's name as the identity of your offense and be comfortable with what you just did. Yeah, I guess them and Titans are probably the the two teams where you only do that with, right? Yeah. I mean, they're if you say Titans, what's their is you're gonna say Derrick Henry, probably, right? I mean, even but though they I feel have good like they just... trust Tannehill more than the more than Zimmer trusts Cousins, don't you? Probably without watching every Titans game and, and knowing what Tannehill's stats are, but yes, because I think they you know, they have some they, they have good receivers too, you know. I mean they have some dynamic playmakers too. Um which, you know, I, I'm curious to see, in retrospect, to hear Kubiak and Zimmer, if they say, I, I assume Kubiak's back next year as the offense coordinator, right? I, he's not going to get rid of him. I got a gut feeling that, no, no, he won't He won't fire him. I got a gut feeling Kubes might walk away from this. You think? He's an older guy who came here to be an advisor yeah. and got thrust into a job that I, that Kubes has had, had you know, Health problems sure, going back sure. to his time with the Texans. Well, okay. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be absolutely shocked if Coob says, "You know what? I didn't really sign up to do this job. 
Yeah. I got a lot of cash. I, I've got, I think, a farm in, in Colorado. I'm yeah. going to go home now. I, yeah, like that. And, and that. and that's like, um, like that, you wouldn't know. Like, I mean, that's not like Zimmer saying we need a fundamental change here. That's just a guy saying a, no, a, life, a lifestyle is, thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is, do you think Zimmer's like, yep, this is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> don't you? Mission accomplished. But don't you think that? I think post bye week he took control. Hey, look, probably, probably, Judd. Look, post Falcons game, they bailed on Kirk. In my opinion, they bailed on Kirk. Yeah. Well, they said it's 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 going to be we're going to ride Dalvin as far as he'll take us. Yeah. And but then I think you saw. I think it started. You saw Jefferson, and I think they did realize. Whoa! Now wait a second. And so I think they did started start. Uh, given him opportunities a lot more than we saw early on, obviously. Yep. Um, so, yeah, maybe this is exactly, you know, in his in Zimmer's mind, he might be thinking, offense is good, we're good there. I got to yep. fix the defense. And yep. I got I to get personnel back, and we're back in business. And Which, I just don't, I think that's too convenient, Judd. Which means that Mike is, Mike is I'm sure, on the war path already saying, high draft picks, got to be defense. The high draft pick's got to be D. He is going to, I can almost guarantee you, he is going to identify the best three technique possible. Three technique is gonna, and yeah. he's going to tell Rick we that needs to be our pick. And now, I don't know if Rick will do it, but I think that that's what he's going to tell Rick. And Rick said we need a, def- or a left guard or an offense guard. And you can get your three technique in the third round. Or the, or the fourth round. I'm just telling you, I'm just yeah. telling you that, that I think the way that you put together how these conversations are going to go is 100% right. And yeah. all of this leads down to let's run this back. Let's try and improve, you know, my defense because that's my baby. And I was on, I was embarrassed. Um, and, and so, you know, for, for folks who went, when this team was going into the bye with one win said, Hey, they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to, you know, get a high draft pick. That's all gone. I think this team is very clearly going to come back with most of, most of the same personnel in 2021 and say there's no reason why we can't win the North and there's no yeah. reason why that we can't compete in the conference, which, by the way, in 2020 absolutely stinks. Yeah, the, it, the conference is awful. The NFC is awful, yeah. Um, so let's assume they win Sunday, which, you know, even if Dalvin doesn't play, I think Kirk will probably play. I, I would be surprised if Dalvin plays or maybe they hold out Jefferson. or But um, – Eight and eight, where does that – what's that put them, you know, drafting 13, 14, 15, something like that? Seven and nine, right, if, yeah. if they win? Or seven and nine, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. I think right now – I think they're drafting 13th right now if they win on Sunday, which they might accidentally do because Detroit doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd probably be around, what, 15th or so? Yeah. yeah, so that is that – Not a great pick. That doesn't put you in the ballpark for a quarterback. Depends on who – yeah, probably not. You probably – Probably not, because I I think that Lawrence has gone for sure first pick to Jacksonville. Nice job, Jets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How would you like to be the Jets fan? Hurts has gone probably. You make it all the way to like week thirteen, you're, you're, an idiot. you're an idiot. It's just like oh my god, you're, you are idiots. You are you are beyond help. Oh. Uh, so Hurts has gone. I, I think with with his bowl game performance, Zach Wilson probably drove his value up as well. That would be my guess. I think he's a top ten kid. Yeah, I do too. So, yeah, probably. But, I mean, the Vikings are – I'm very certain now the Vikings are going to say, we got Kirk, we're fine. All, all your points about the offensive, uh, you know, um, production this season, I think they're going to point to all those things and say, you know what, we just need tweaks 
if if we have tweaks and our guys back, they're going to justify between, you know, no OTAs, no uh, camps in June, Mm -hmm. no nothing, the pandemic. They're going to justify why 2020 was disappointing. And they are going to say, we'll be fine if we just insert, you know, this guy at the three tech, this guy at left guard. I think you're right. Yeah, it's because you know they're gonna they're gonna sell it like you know Hunter back and and Pierce and Pierce is like we have no idea what kind of player he's gonna be. I mean, you know when you take a year off a competition, Judd, there's no guarantee you just pick back up and you're the same player. I mean, I hope he can stop the run. I hope he can stop the run because right now they got no one that can stop that. No, that that was pathetic against Alvin Kamara. Yeah, defensive line they just kind of gotten eaten up a lot this year. up the middle. And so they need a big, they need big interior help there for sure. So last point offensively, do you know what the, what the true telltale sign for for what you're saying, Chip, about this offense being it's productive, but not being where it should be. The telltale sign. I thought last night watching Diggs destroy the Patriots post game. Did you see how happy Stefan Diggs yeah, is now. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is this is what he wanted. He wanted a quarterback who I think I don't think he I don't think it was personal with Kirk as far as despising no. Kirk. I just don't think he really bought into Kirk. Uh he, he clearly does to Kyle. Uh, but I just in seeing how happy Diggs is in this offense with the Bills, mm-hmm. this is what he wanted. And it's so interesting to watch him now because he probably in that vein was not wrong. Like, I think the way he went about things was probably destructive. But yeah. what he was ultimately saying and probably tried to articulate behind the scenes to Zimmer and the offensive staff and Spielman, we're seeing it now. And you know what? Damn it, he was right. And you do wonder if that grumbling will continue here, if it's, it's status quo. You think 18's not going to watch Diggs and say, whoa. I can do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You think he's not going to? Yeah. Like, and I think I think that the- Thielen, to me, probably is a uh, victim by this point of uh, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> so he's been in this offense so long that he's just brainwashed. He's this just is like, wonderful. Yeah, this is, this is how it works. This is how it works. I mean, I, you know, Patty Hurst and me. This, this works great. Um, but if, you know, Jefferson's gonna like watch Diggs here and see Diggs comments. And I think he's gonna be the type of guy, probably, and he's not wrong to say, hold hold on a second here. I'm productive, but how productive could I be if I was in an offense that works like what uh the Bills are doing? Yeah, well, you know, everything's great early on and, and the numbers he put up, but but you also wonder is like when you look around, like you said, you look around and you watch all these offenses and you see how wide open they are and just creative and players know they pay attention. They have friends on other teams and, and they talk in the off season. And so um, that's where I think that it's, it's not going to be good enough for Zimmer and Kubiak just to say, let's just run it back. We're, we're set. The system's good. What we're doing is right. Cause you do wonder like, uh, I don't know where Dalvin is and touches the, I assume he's at the, the team record or close to he's at 354 i'm not sure what the team record is but it but it's but it's uh 52 more touches at the same amount of games from this time last year for dalvin yeah and so what what's going to be the residual effect of that next year 
Oh, he'll play about ten games. Guys don't. Guys <laughs> just chip. History tells us. Yeah. You don't come back and say, you know what, I'm going 16 games again or 15 games. No, I look at what McCaffrey did. Yeah. This year compared to last year, and the problem is, it usually is a uh, is a bunch of things, right? Like yeah. it's an ankle one one week. It's a ham, exactly right. So I I think that if you're the Vikings and you're projecting for 2021 and being realistic about those projections, I don't think that you can count on Cook to play more than like 12 games, like just as far as what history tells us. Well, and that's where like when they're when they're dissecting the season, I think if you're if they're being realistic about, it, they said um, forget about like projecting what you know, how many injuries or whatever, because you can't, but just say we, these, these, the touches have to come significantly uh, lower. I mean, we got to get Madison more involved. We have to get the passing game. You got to get Jefferson and, and Conklin and, and Irv Smith. And we need to have more balance there because he's just not going to make it to five years of that contract. If you keep having 350, 370. So I, and if I'm Dalvin, I wouldn't play him Sunday. And I think I told you this before, if I'm Dalvin, I said, I'll see you at training camp. I'm not coming to OTAs. I'm not coming to mini camps. I'll see yeah. you at training. I'll see you in July. <laughs> I'm going yeah. and I'm going to, rec- I'm going to recover. I'm going to get my body back right. And, and to the best of your ability. But yeah, that's, that's the concern is like what, you know, what, what is going to be the effect of this on him? And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for basketball. Yeah. Go, go for basketball. Two I, more now uh, in co- conference. Have you ever seen the Michigan State Spartans look like the Michigan State Spartans looked last night? I can't remember. I can't remember ever seeing an Izzo coach team look like that. That that looked that lethargic and and get out rebounded by sixteen. I think it was they're out re- rebounded sixteen. Yeah, I got it. Uh, 50, 50, 52, 26. and points in in the paint. Favorite twenty six. Forty fifty two to twenty six in rebounds. Oh my goodness! Points in the paint, forty for the Gophers, sixteen for the Spartans. Well, that, that's the weakest Michigan State team, literally, that I yeah, think I've yeah. ever seen coached by that guy. And and I have to give Robbins credit. Yeah. I got to be on early on, you know, because uh, Richard had pumped him up all off season, and and he's going to be one of the best big men, and you know, and then just. Early on, defensively, he looked a step slow. The, the game looked a lot faster. And this wasn't even – I'm not even talking like Big Ten teams. I'm talking about non-conference, and I'm thinking, this is not going to be good when they get in the Big Ten and he's facing Coburn and Garza and these guys. Um, Luca Garza, I thought, would destroy I did too. I did too. And, but, destroy. But Robbins has played well. Last night, he looked like a different kid. And, you know, I, I was not – even though they were undefeated in the non-conference, I wasn't impressed with them. It just felt like it was Marcus Carr and a bunch, and everybody just standing around watching Marcus Carr do his thing. Yes. Uh, Booth Gotch had played well, but other than that, they weren't really getting a whole lot, and they just didn't look good. Um, then, obviously, the Illinois game, you're thinking, okay, this team's going to go 0-10 to start the Big Ten now. And then that St. Louis game, which St. Louis is a good team. I don't know if you watched it. They're a good team. I didn't watch a bit of it. No, they're they're tough. They play hard. They're, I mean, they look like an NCAA tournament team and like a team you wouldn't want to play in the NCAA tournament because they could win a game or two. Um, and the, and the Gophers won that. I'm like, you know what? They actually played pretty good there. I mean, that was a good team, a good win. And then the Iowa game, I thought they were done at the end. I was just like, well, they're going to lose a close game. The first half, they were great. Yeah, and then and the second they. they came apart in some ways in the second. Yeah, when Iowa got the lead and the Gophers just 
could not get a rebound. I mean, there were just so many offensive rebounds they gave up. And you're like, they're going to look back and think, you know, if we hadn't given up like three or four offensive putbacks and had made a couple open shots, it's going to be one of those games where you're like, that, that, that was a winnable game. But they found a way to win, you know, and they kept at it. And then last night they were very impressive. I know it's not a, a you know, a classic Tom Enzo team, but um, they took it to them. And so this is what we thought this team might be, Judd. We said early on we thought this could be Patino's one of his best teams, and it, they they look pretty good right now. Can I credit Patino too? Because sure, I, I, I thought it. the first I thought the first half of the Hawkeyes game, I thought that that is as well as he's coached because um, Robin's got in foul trouble against Garza early, which he has done previously. Okay, mm-hmm. he found a way with different matchups. I think I think with with basically smaller guys trying to uh, surround. Garza, I believe Garza in, in the first half of that game had five points. Yeah. Um, that to me was absolutely key. This team works hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got talent. The one, the one thing that I think has, has shifted a lot from what we saw in non-conference games to now chip as well. It looked like in the non-conference games that Booth Gotch played a lot and played a huge role. That yeah. first Big Ten game, he scored he one was, point. He, he was, was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and it was as if after that they found a role for him that he fits, but they're not asking. I don't think nearly as much from him as they did. Pre- I think they went in expecting that he was going to play a huge role. He still plays an important role, but it's definitely been dialed down in the yeah. Hawkeyes game for sure. And then I thought again last night, didn't you? It, for sure, but I think he needs to be better, Judd. I think him, I still think you can get more from him and Gabe. Now, Gabe had that spurt where he hit a three and he had a drive to the basket. And I, I, as I told my wife, I was like, if they get Gabe going, now this team all really has a chance to be pretty good because he would give them a totally different, you know, if, dimension if he's hitting consistently outside. And then he went through and he missed another like four in a row after that. So it's just still not consistent. But he, you know, he's really good defensively, and he does. That's what I think is the most important thing. Yes. Yeah, he, he's very good defensively. I'll he say plays that. defense all the time. He, 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 when his shots, he's still a, a positive, valuable player when he's not making shots. Now, if he can start making them, I think this team is different. Um, I think Booth needs to give him a little more offensively. Um, but you're seeing the depth now. I mean, this team could not have done this last year, Judd. No. Foul trouble would have just ruined I mean, They did have a bench. Yeah. yeah. But you can bring Curry off, and you can bring uh, – in, in and off, uh, Mashburn has given them good minutes. And so you feel like this team um, can win more than ju- – early on, like Judd, in non-conference, I felt like Marcus Carr had to be all-American for this team to win games because that's just it looked like he had to score 30 and just be great and carry yeah. I don't feel like – that he has to be good. He can't just have an off game, but it doesn't feel like he has to score 33 points to beat a good team. I think yeah. they can get – and particularly a lot of that's because I think Robbins has come on. Yeah. And, and I thought that he was going to be okay at best. Right. I, I thought too. he was going to be I okay. I, last night shocked me. Yeah. Last night shocked me. He was really good. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll say this. If you're going to lose that first big 10 game, the way that they lost it was probably the best way. Cause I think it embarrassed a lot of people and gave Patino a ton of tape. Sure. So, like, instead of saying, yeah, you know, we played a good team on the road and lost by three, they basically said, we played a good team on the road and you guys got your asses kicked. Yeah, so you're not – you're undefeated, undefeated, but that's not good enough. 
And the other the thing too yeah. that's fun is is because of the uh, transfers, Chip. This is a veteran team right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So, so like it's not a bunch of kids who who are like lost and they're you know not developed yeah. yet. Basically, they've got a chance now with a veteran team to make waves and play well. And, and I think Petit, I think Patino's style probably works better with this type of team too. Yeah. If it's a bunch of kids, I think they get flustered and they're really not that big or developed yet. But mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is basically a bunch of grown up men who came in in yeah. now, and at least when Patino gets on them, probably have a chance to develop and change things. Yeah, and they because they know the game and they know yeah. this college athletics. Um, I'm still waiting for it, and I don't see if you think you have in it where Gabe gets hot and carries him to a win. I don't know that's there now. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't like know those games where he makes now. like seven threes and just like he's your best player. Like Do you see it still? I don't know I see it. I, I freshman year we I certainly keep, did. I keep, it, but I don't I keep I see waiting it for it to come. I keep waiting for that to come and it just the shot is so off. Like it's it's there once and then he misses six. Yeah. And then it's there again. I don't know that he's got that seven three three point shots made in a Big Ten game against yeah, a good I, team. It, until he you does know. it, I say no because we it's it's been so dry for so long. It's just – but I do think – and you keep – you know, maybe it's fool's goal waiting on it to happen because when it when a slump lasts this long, it's more than a slump, right? Um, but you look at his shot, and it's a pretty shot, like, mechanically, you know? So it's like you keep waiting for him to just get hot. And I, I think if he can – Yep. I think this team is a, it gives them a different dimension for sure, but I until it happens, you just you, I don't I think you just have to count on him giving you defense and rebounding and just kind of solid play that way. Last thing, Wolves. All right, Chipper. I was all prepared <laughs> Saturday night against a good Jazz team. You mm-hmm. go in there and you play defense, and I mean that was impressive. That, that was, was that was a very good a, win. That, that was a really good win. Yeah, it's a legit team. Uh, in on the road that you go in and win. And now Cat's out. And it's okay. while it lasted, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I get Cat's out, okay? Yeah. But you lost by what? 36 and trailed at one point by 42 yeah. to the world champions. Lakers are really good again. Yeah. I get that. But my God, can you at least show up for that game? Especially your veterans. Yeah. Come yeah. On. Russell. Yeah. I mean, what, did, what did Russell shoot? I mean, like. Yeah, like four points. Yeah. It, we. I know it's a back, out of the game. I, I know it's a back to back, and you didn't have cat, but and everybody's expecting you to lose. But that was a you know that was the air coming out of the bubble after the night when you, the, the night before you're thinking, man, this team might be actually decent. You and know, they played a ton of defense too. The, the yeah. Jazz game defensively, Chip, they were mm-hmm. fantastic. That yeah, without a doubt, and you know, Towns had like three blocks early on, and and um. They're defending and and they're attacking on offense. And Anthony Edwards looks, you know, just dynamite. Um, but I do like I do like their pieces, Judge. I will say this: I tweet this out at, during the Denver game. Is like I don't know how good they are. You know, I'm sure they're gonna have the ebbs and flows and all that. But they are more uh, interesting now, and they are more entertaining because I feel like they have some actual talent. You know, it's not just a bunch of guys out there playing. Right. Like they actually have some legitimate talent. Now, whether they come together and, and can 
consistently be good defensively. We'll see over the long haul. But it, but John, I said, I've sat through that game, and I can't tell you last time at home when I wasn't covering it, but just at home, sat through an entire Timberwolves game. Because normally it's just like by third quarter, it's like I've had enough. I can't watch this. You know? <laughs> but I said, from start to finish, I watched it. I was like, this Which is one? the first time in years that I've watched the game. The Jazz game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was great. Yes. Yeah. No, they they have talent. I think they're compelling now. Um, and and it, it's a sad thing to say, but the fact that they played defense was fun. Yeah. Like how many Wolves games last year did did they just sort of say like, ah, you know what, this defense thing, that, that, yeah. oh, hold on, hold on a second, Ryan Saunders. This is a bit too much work that you've asked us to do. We'll shoot the threes, but we ain't playing defense. Are you like when everybody's healthy and, and when – with the towns when they're telling me he's going to be evaluated weekly, that's like yeah. oh boy, that's that's, that's, not, I, that's not good. Uh, yeah, honest to God. Do you buy into uh, that this team would be better defensively with Cat playing? Yeah. If Cat plays defense like he did on Saturday, yes, I do. Yeah, because one, I don't think it takes a lot, um, and two, at some point in time, look, Towns and Russell as players, I realize as as human beings, they're, they're young. But Chip, at some point in time, as players, we, we've got to stop with this whole. Well, I mean, hold on a second. There, yeah, they've been They're playing. I believe yeah. people are going into like year five or six in the yeah, NBA. Is, yeah, this is okay. You're not young. You're you're supposed to be in your in in your winning window, not in the. <laughs> I'm still developing. Ain't this great? So, yes, I do buy that it's time to get serious about trying to win games, and I do buy that that they can that they can and should play defense consistently, and here's my one question. Can Ryan Saunders, throughout the course of an entire season, get that from them? Because he is the one who's going to to have to not – he can't be their friend constantly. There's yeah. times he's going yeah. to have to push buttons and say, look, you two, I need you to do this. And if if you embrace it or you like it, that's great. And if you don't, I don't care. You still have to do it. Yeah, and I wrote about this, Judd, uh, for the season opener that you know ESPN has that – they they created that that metric is called uh, real plus minus, and I don't know what the factors are, but it's you know they do it for offense and defense. For centers last year, seventy two centers in the NBA, Cat was number one offensive real plus minus, defensively dead last. Wow, dead last among centers. So if wow. you if you're the wolf, if you're if you're if you're Gerson or Ryan, don't you sit Cat down as like you're a wonderful player. Talent-wise, you can do things that not many guys in this league can do. But look at this list right here. Yep. Defensive real time, you were last. You were ranked last among centers in defense real plus minus. Yeah. Like, if you want to be viewed as as an all-star, because, I, you know, I think there's a lot of factors why, he, you know, he felt, you know, snubbed by not getting in the all-star game last year. But I'm sure, you know, the words I was like, he didn't play defense. He's the worst defensive center in the, in the NBA by this yep. metric. Yep. So if you want to and make that that and be be like mentioned among the great players, you've got to be more representative as a defensive player. So maybe he took it to heart. You know, maybe the light bulbs come on a little bit. Um, I hope so because it's he gets hurt again. Well, like the guy has, I know, I, the I know. poor guy has no luck. I know, I know, and that's not his fault. He was playing hard. Actually. No, no, he's playing hard and trying no. to make it, trying to make an aggressive move. But now, no. now it's like, how long is he going to be out? When you, like you said, when you start saying he'll be evaluated weekly. Yeah. 
And That's Nas Reed, true. God bless him. He tries hard and works hard, well, but you can't re- you can't replace Cat with Nas Reed. He's, he's your cornerstone. You're not, yeah, you're exactly. Family, you know, so yeah, it's disappointing. And Russell's down now. I, I mean, yeah, and he's now he's going to have to step up without Cat, which means that he's going to have to, you know, and he, he's played what now, guys? He's played. I think D'Angelo and Cat have played something like three total games together. Yeah, three, three or One four. game last year. Two games now, and he's out again. It's ridiculous. Uh, do, do you, Chip Scoggins, have ant fever yet? Because this kid, I think, is going to be fun. He looks fearless, and he looks confident, and I love his his strength in his body just to be able to attack the the glass. I mean, he he will go at anyone, you know? And so I think he's a confident player. I like his personality. He's like a um, kind of a free spirit type guy that, that's not um, – in a shell or anything like that. So I, I, I think he has a chance to be pretty darn good. I mean, I think he's, I think he has an NBA body and strength right now to be a, a big time scorer. Um, I would, I would, the layman starting, I don't get that. I don't understand what, what that is at all. Do you? I mean, I, it, no, no, and, it's and, not and, a top. and I want to buy into Culver. <laughs> I mean, he's the better than he was. Better. The shot it, is way better. It was just so bad last year, Judd. But then you see him this year, it's like, this guy's definitely improved. He worked. He worked hard on his game. He, his ass off, I think. he deserves minutes. He deserves playing time, and yes. I think Edwards deserves And you know what he plays all the time? A ton of defense. Yeah. It's like Kalsher. It's like Kalsher. It, it goes a long way with me if you do that, because there's a lot of guys who don't like to play defense. It's just weird when you see a guy make that from year to year, that kind of improvement in, in a small sample size. Like, are we seeing the real thing that we're going to see for the rest of the year? But he uh, looks, you're going he looks, sample size. You can't so today like in your sample sizes. He looks like a different guy, doesn't he? Uh-huh. So I, I would like to see more of him and more of Edwards and probably less of Lightman, to be honest with you. Chipper, I thought of you last night. I saw John Morant's MRI uh, came back I negative. Know. And I thought about your kid, and I was like, oh, I bet he's, uh, he's now he's doing okay. Yeah. MRI is coming back negative. Well, we asked him this morning. I was like, what? What are you hearing? He's like, well, they think that this thing is a sprain. He'll be back these day to day. So he's already on top of it. He got two. He got two John Morant shirts. John came back in a wheelchair. They wheeled him out again. <laughs> they wheeled him out. That's very disturbing. This league cannot afford the loss of guys no. like John Morant. Well, did you see him like 40, 44 points uh, season opener? Yeah, Joe oh, Scott. So Joe Scoggins was going. Joe Scoggins was going crazy in the household that day. Exactly. <laughs> I, just, I love the fact that your kid doesn't care about teams. He only cares about players. This is so. Like we it's, grew it's up, every kid. You know, I know. Yeah. I gotta watch the Cubs game. Now it's like I just gotta watch Chris Bryant. I don't really care how the Cubs do. I, I gotta watch John Morant. I don't really care. The, the Grizzlies. Who are they? I don't give a damn. I know he loves John Morant, man. All right, Chip Scoggins. Thanks so much. Great stuff. All right, boys. Yeah. Good to see you. I uh, heard from a couple of people who uh, made that comment. It is that we we talked about this yesterday a little bit, Judd. Kentucky way down, Duke down, yep. and now this this Michigan State team is a different class of being down. Uh, when they lost to Northwestern, even though it was a brawl, you kind of got suspicious, right? There's something going on, and. Uh, you know, they're just not good, and this is not a good year to be bad in the Big Ten because there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, he, might end up, he might end up having that back surgery to try to get out and hand those losses to somebody else. Here. It's just, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Go the Coach K route? Right. Go the, uh, those aren't my losses. 
Time to have that surgery, Picardette. Go get them. Go get those. You know what they were that year in the uh, ACC? Two and 16. Oh, I remember. He just bailed out, too. It was great. (laughs) Of course, the coach just got clobbered record-wise. It will be an interesting NCAA tournament this year. But, you know, unless something happens with Kentucky, they won't be there. Duke will probably be there, but no Michigan State. They could finish 13th. They're terrible. Yeah, they're all. How about Maryland beating Wisconsin, too? Wisconsin found out. That's what Wisconsin gets for trying to play offense. You know, they, they should go back to 58 56, right? Yes. So if, if the uh, Gophers go into Wisconsin on Thursday and they win, I'll be truly impressed. Yeah, if I will. If Wisconsin there, I'll be really impressed. Even though, uh, you know, road games aren't like they used to be, but uh, these are two straight. Uh, you know, beating Iowa, obviously, much more impressive than beating this Michigan State team. But yeah. uh, how long did Michigan State have 11? They were on 11 for like a week. It was Pat, a, they couldn't make a shot. It, it was the I, damnedest thing. Yeah. It's, and the uh, Gophers didn't play a great game. That's the thing about it. The Gophers did not play great. The Gophers played well. But, um, yeah, the Spartans could not make a damn well, they shot. Weren't as, they weren't as good as they were against Iowa, for sure. They mm-hmm. weren't making shots. And, uh uh, you know, the kid Johnson who won the game for him was not knocking him down from all over. But, uh, but Tino, it's going to be an interesting world. I thought we talked about this again yesterday. Transfer basketball is the future. And uh, he's right now, he's thriving on that. And it'll be interesting to see if this remains a go-to place for transfers because the transfer pool is going to have – 1,200 kids <laughs> next year, you know, because you just get a free, you just Absolutely. get a free, yeah, it's, if, if I'm not playing as much as I want to someplace, I'm gone, I get one free one, and uh, you don't even, I don't even think you have to wait for NCAA approval anymore, I mean, it's, it's, it's automatic uh, starting next year, right, and yes. it's, it was automatic this year because of the pandemic, so. Yes. Football is going to be the same way, football is going to be just chaos, man. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know if football players are gonna be coming here left and right, but I think Patino's got, got an environment that's perfect. Veteran guys that see guys like Carr play a ton, they're like, hell. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. How did he get out of here? How did he get out of there so quickly? He, what was he? This is he's got this is, he'll play three years here, right? Who's that? Carr? Carr. Carr will have played three years here. So he Boy, bailed on Pittsburgh after one season. Two years ago, though, he didn't get approval uh, to play. And so he was supposed to play two years ago. They turned him down. And so I think he plays two years here, but he's been in the program for three years. That's why you can see you can see why Pittsburgh wanted to keep him. (laughs) Considering they're playing in the ACC and uh, their basketball glory days are long behind them there. They had that one little run of about seven or eight years where they played a lot of defense and won a lot of those ugly Big East games. But was it? that yeah. game's kind of gone now. Is Robbins good, do you think, that this big kid? I thought he was terrible. He terrible early. Nope. Uh, <laughs> he's a presence, you know. He's seven foot tall and standing in there, and he makes life miserable. And especially for Michigan State, which has always lived on the inside game. Now they, now they don't. And uh, – yeah, if you don't have a real good center, I would say that, you know, the, the guy from Illinois just pushed him out of the way and went in and scored. But uh, 
He's not strong, better. but he's big, and I, he's gotten better, too. He's gotten better. He's adjusted to, you know, he's starting to adjust. To, I think when you come out of that, you know, the league he was in, it's a good, good enough league drink the Mo Valley, but it's not this league. And I, it probably took him a little while to adjust to what that, you know, what was going on with him. So we'll see. I guess he was a fat kid too at, at one point, lost like 70 pounds. Oh, is that right? Well, yeah. They, uh, they said a couple nights ago that he, he was a fat kid and like dropped like 75 pounds at one point. I know he went to drink. Is he an Iowa farm kid? I don't know where his background is. Still Iowa, like, yeah. Yes. He is an Iowa yep. farm kid. Well, yes. he's got that Iowa farm kid look about him. And if he was fat, that would have made even more sense. So, anyway. Yeah, they're uh, they're the heroes of our uh, town here. Well, so, yeah, I'm, here. Yeah. I'm trying to write a column here about uh, the f- twin flops of football this year. I mean, this is, to me, this is, we, we're, we're letting these guys off the hook because of COVID and other things, right? We're not bashing them enough. And we certainly, the Vikings have gotten their share of bashing, but everybody wants to make excuses for the Gophers. I was trying to come up with a comparable, and I I landed on 2010, right? 2009, 2009, you had Brett, you you were going back to this once he came back. There were some signs in Mankato, we've talked about Sidney Rice, unhappiness, blah, 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 but Harvard being an idiot. but. you know, 2010, great optimism about the Vikings, but we weren't down on Coach Brew yet. They were six and six that oh, I don't year. Remember. Okay. In 2009, they sold out every home game. It was the first year in there. They beat uh, Adam Weber, won a shootout with uh, Kirk Cousins on Halloween night. That place was full, and it was hopping that way. I was at that game, and we were, they gave him a contract, but it was like, they gave him an extension, but they didn't give him much more money, and they didn't, and they lowered the buyout, actually, but they had that stinkeroo inside bowl, lost to Iowa State 14 to 13, but they also brought in Marquise Gray, and we had a spring game, and Marquise Gray was great over at St. Thomas because they were still building TCF Stadium. And I went over and watched him, and he looked terrific. So we weren't done with, you know, there was uh, thoughts that maybe they'll get a little better because two years earlier they'd been 6-1 and one and then won the tank. And, uh, of course, he was firing – you know who was the offensive coordinator in 09? Jed Fish. Jed Fish, yeah. So what a done. Jed Fish. Jed Fish, what a done. Man. So we were not, we were not, you know, I was. I thought he was an idiot from the get-go, but the, the gopher public was not. And, you know, one of them gets fired on October 17th and the other gets fired on November 2nd or something like that. Yep. So it was, it's kind of my comparable year as far as, you know, okay, the Gophers were rated 19 in the country, uh, you know, in the preseason rating. And, you know, I was, I was looking back from some stuff the great man wrote before the, uh, before his unfortunate passing away. And we got to forget, Gopher optimism was bubbling. 
before this started. Okay. Yes, yes, it was. That. I didn't remember that. No, okay. It was, and then it all got delayed and screwed up. But, you know, wait, hey, here comes Michigan. Look out. And Vikings, we thought they were a viable contender to Green Bay, didn't we? In 2010? This year. No, no, 2020. Oh, 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 oh this year, yeah. This year, I'm talking yeah. about this year. No, yeah, this, this year, year. The, this year, the Gophers were rated 19. Yeah. And we were, you know, we, I got hey. Yeah. yeah, we thought they were about, yes. Yeah, we could, we could win the West, maybe. We Absolutely. could win the West. And and uh, and the Vikings were the only contender to Green Bay, right? The only team. And we thought, yeah. The, yeah. we thought the Vikings, had, with seven teams going to the playoffs, they had a shot, right? Yeah. So I don't think we've demeaned these two teams enough for this block. You know, do you know what, what the most damning thing about the Gophers is? That they lost to Michigan. Oh, God, yes. And Michigan. got their arse kicked. And they got their rear end kicked. They got hammered. Yep. And then Michigan. Maryland. And then giving up 600 yards to Maryland probably wasn't good either, even though they ended up going to overtime or, or they lost right at the end or something. But, uh, you know, we had no idea that, Everybody saying, ah, blah, blah, blah. No, nobody knew how rotten this defense was going to be. Yeah. They, they, hey, they, here's, a, here's what's amazing about both teams. Dalvin Cook, you got the best running back in the NFL. Justin Jefferson, you know, should have the rookie of the year. Yep. Uh, you know, you got Webb Thielen had a great year again. You got weapons you don't know what to do with. The Gophers, they, you know, Morgan Bateman. The best running back in the Big Ten. How the hell they? How they both fall on their ass? I don't know. How did they both end up being embarrassments for the state of Minnesota? Well, the golfers couldn't play defense. That that one. That well, that's true. Well, neither could the Vikings. <laughs> the yeah, and Zim ultimately couldn't either. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I I think that we need to give these two teams much more credit for being rotten this year than we have. Pat Zim did not t- take enough heat for that Saints loss, though. When he came out and said after the game on Christmas Day that I got to have my guys back, right? I need Barr and Kendricks, which yeah. is all fine. But did you look? The majority of the guys who started that game on Friday were Zimmer draft picks or guys that he had signed or helped sign. Those were his guys, his backups. Yeah. And you gave yeah. him 583 yards. He deserved yes. way more heat <laughs> I thought, than he got for trying to walk that back and say, well, this team's terrible, but it's not my fault. These aren't my guys. Well, the Zim tradition, now we won't have it this year because they're playing Detroit, but this this was the season finale, right? New Orleans. Yeah. That was the yeah. last stand. That was the last stand, right? Yes, I mean, the fork is in them. Yeah. But each of his years, uh, beyond the Seattle loss, when Blair Walsh misses the field goal, falling on their rear ends in the season finale, whether it's regular season or the playoffs, has become a Zim tradition. The last one, they stink. They don't, you know, they're, they're not in some playoff game where they're fighting to the finish. You're right. Uh, or, you know, the, they got to the NFC title game after a miracle in Philadelphia got humiliated. Last year, the score does not do justice to how bad they got drilled by San Francisco after they beat the Saints. And the Bears clunker there a couple of years ago, you know, three years ago. When they had a You're chance right. to make the playoffs, so and then 
end in the year with a face dive has uh, become a Zim tradition. <laughs> um, hey, what are the Padres doing? And and by extension of that, what the hell is going on? So so Darvish is being traded to the Padres. Yes. The Ray, the Rays basically, you know, take Snell, who, who I think it's something like three or four years of team control left and trade him to the Padres. What the hell is going on here? The Padres want to win, baby. They want to win. Else, like, is it, well, well, know, well, I don't know. Working? I don't know. The Padres have done, you know, a lot of stuff in the Latin America, signed guys, and they've, they, they apparently are, they're unloading the farm system. Uh, you know, they, they were doing so much work in Latin America that A.J. Peller got suspended for cheating down there, right? For, uh, for a while. And uh, I don't know. Whoever the owner is, the owner, by the way, is no longer the, the, the managing partner is no longer that Fowler who's from Minnesota, who was yeah. the head of the group, who was the head of the yeah. group. They brought in somebody else. Maybe he said, I'm not doing this. Are you guys nuts? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's incredible. And, uh, well, the Cubs are It's dumping. nice to know that San Diego's doing this to fire up a fan base that out in California probably won't be able to go to a game until July if we're lucky. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Well, I mean, the, but the Cubs are now dumping. The Cubs are t- are taking yeah. a bath, I guess. And so they're they're trying to get – salaries off the books i mean yeah it, it, it sounds like now that they basically brought theo in and said hey look we yeah. don't want you to win now so and he, he said bye and that that's that saved him what 10 million so the cubs are basically yeah. panicked i mean this is just it's nuts well yeah ricketts I don't know what's his way is he a billionaire or is he well, uh, half a billionaire his no. problem uh his his problem too is he bought all of that land around in the north side Thinking he and developed, developed it. it, and no one's there. Oh, okay. Rick, nobody Rick moved into like, those apartments, and nobody moved well, into those expensive condos. Condos. I'm just saying. Stuff. I'm just saying. It's like far as the bars go, and the oh, restaurant, okay. and all of that, and a hotel he built. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then they, they also launched that marquee sports network, which I don't think is doing what they thought. And so he is no. really, really up against it. But I mean, still. Well, yeah, that marquee, that marquee network is, uh, are they available in streaming services? If they're not, they're out of luck, right? I don't know what you're uh, complaining about. I mean, come uh, on. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I'll, uh, meanwhile, our fighting uh, Wolfies tonight, I will not be watching them when they play the Clippers. What a battle this is. As we said yesterday, a team losing by 51, taking on a team losing by 36 right there in the Staples Center. Yeah, it's so a great do the, do the Gopher, Do the Wolves stay out there and then flip around and play the Lakers again here? Or when do they come no, back? They come ba- no, they, they come back and they play the Wizards on Friday night here, and then Denver, I think, on like Sunday, and then they go to Denver and play the next game. Oh, it's a. So they, uh, they played. They played Utah, and then went to Los Angeles and played the Lakers. Clippers, when is our hockey down. team hitting the ice for practice? What's it, Dex, the third? Uh, yeah, the third, I believe. And they so, play a regular season game on the 13th, right? Correct. Yeah. It's just 10 no days. Exhibition, no exhibition. No exhibition. No we don't need Let's that crowd. Drop the puck, man. Is, do they, and they open, do they open on the road then or here? On the road. road. Four, okay. four games in Cali. 
Four games in California, and then they come home for six. I saw, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. What, are, what, what do we What do we know about the media getting in there? Um, they got the world's biggest press box. So. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. I, I think that the Professional Writers Association that does the hockey. I believe that they are hopeful that uh, they'll let people into practice and into games, but I don't know what the number is going to be. So, like, okay. that's the. Like, are they going to allow just to beat people in? Are they going to allow columnists in? I don't know. I'm sure the associate. I'm sure the association wants everyone in, but I'm I'm sure the teams are going to come back and say no. <laughs> well, I see we're going to make our basketball players and hockey players, youth hockey players, play with masks. Yeah. And yeah, how's that going to work out? Yeah. Well, I just read something that if a mask that the the official. Suggestion is that if you get if you, once your once your mask gets sweated up, you should change it. What are we every shift where you're going to give one of these kids a new mask? I, you know, I got like a hundred of them laying around the house, but they, they're going to need a thousand a night, right? Do we think it's spreading though in sports? Uh, like, we don't know. I haven't heard much it. about it actually being spread during competition. No, there hasn't been that much of it. No, I see they just why did they just find the Ravens? Just because they had an outbreak. What did they do? They're, oh, are they know. just mad at him because they had an outbreak? Oh, you know what? No, they 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 um they traced the outbreak to a strength and conditioning guy who I think they said showed up with symptoms and didn't wear a mask. Oh. And that's probably why they find him. And my guess is that strength and conditioning guy might have lost the, it. The NFL is trying to make it seem that they have the perfect system as long as everybody follows every rule, which is bull crap. You know, you know I, they're letting their players go to a grocery store, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can go, you can go yeah. home and live your life, right? Yes. And this idea that the only way it can happen is if somebody breaks protocol is nonsense. The thing I don't get is they, they actually discussed or it was broached about a bubble for the playoffs and they turned it down flat. Yeah. Which to me made a ton of sense. Like once you get to the playoffs, isolate the players if that's what you want, right? Well, I see we got an issue with uh we might not get one play this weekend, right? Who's uh what's do we have another play? one? Cleveland well, we have one last week against the Jets, but they, they no, just but we have a wide receiver. something today. Didn't somebody get pushed back or already today? Oh, I haven't looked today. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know. Hey, don't last know. thing. Last thing. Hall of Famers, 2020. Nuxy died now. Seven of them, Pat. We've lost seven, seven of them. And, and Dick Allen, which is, yep. you know, a, a, as prominent of a guy. Yeah, the Star Tribune, the Ripper did a back page today. If you want to see it, the print edition of uh, – all the Minnesotans and other sports people that have been lost, and there's no chance we have them all, as you know. Anytime there's a list, yeah, you start. I, that's the reason I hate doing lists because you miss something, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we will get many notifications of uh, you know a prominent coach someplace in Minnesota sure. died, but it's uh. It's a pretty uh, shocking list when you look at it, and baseball has just been ravaged, man. But yeah, uh, you know, 
Keep especially my Cardinals giving you Brock in the same year, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Nuxie, man, he, he Nuxie. looked eight, 85 in his last year pitching for the Yankees. Everybody loved Nuxie. I guess he, I didn't know him at all. I never dealt with him, but they said he was a character. Everybody loved him. He was just, uh, you know, he, the quote today was, he didn't throw a fastball, he didn't throw a slider, he didn't throw a changeup. He, he was the one guy who didn't try to sneak past a fastball past you, like most of them do. He, uh, you know, he just threw knuckleballs. That's all. He just yep. threw nothing but knuckleballs. And uh, I heard yesterday R.A. Dickey doing an interview <laughs> on, on him, and Necro basically thought, he, you know. Did he? Okay. Necro, Necro just said here do this and you can't pitch you can't get anybody out here throw this who we got left who's throwing uh is it the red sox guy is the red sox guy still there is it right or um yeah you know, they had a oh yeah he, he a was guy. on the il i think all last they year had right? a guy that i don't i don't but you know think what they, they clear, were, uh, white sox had a guy but i don't know if he's still around but guys now sort, sort of throw it a little bit harder phil had yeah. the one that was just yeah. a classic old fluttering knuckleball. Well, you know, the Mighty Whiteys, I think they had three at one time. They had Wood, they had Eddie Fisher, and, well, no, they had Wilhelm and Eddie Fisher at the same time. Yeah. And then and then they, when Wilbur was there, I think they had another one, too. They've had, you know, the White Sox traditionally have had more than any. We've never, have we ever really had one? Necro, I mean, Joe Necro, but. Go through the harder version. He didn't pitch that much. Uh, and and Dickey didn't have it when he was here, right? No, Dickey was, I think, he, yeah, he was throwing it, but I, I guess he was here and didn't. But, uh, yeah, back in the, you know, he used to knock the hell out of the knuckleballers. Really? He, could, he had a quick wrist. He could wait for that last hop, you know. <laughs> he could he could wait for that hop. He had some gigantic home runs off Eddie Fisher. Catching those that. guys had to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> well, they went out there with, well. a, you know, they went out there with that triple size one. And just, you know, that <laughs> I was, uh, I was in the dome, in the Superdome with the Twins when Joe Necro was throwing it a lot. The Twins were down there for the first. Wasn't Joe Necro? Had to be. Wasn't Phil Necro? It was Joe was, ball. Joe was here in '87, right? Yeah, okay. So the Twins, this was earlier. The Twins were in the Superdome. Oh, when they played in New Orleans. Okay, yeah. New Orleans. So it had to be like 78. It must have been yeah. Joe, though. And yeah. Cliff Johnson was the catcher. And the Twins scored, I think, five runs in the first inning with six strikeouts. And Cliff, Cliff was not chasing him after a while. He just walked back to the backstop and picked him up. Cliff. Cliff wouldn't chase him. Hey, Pat, I, I saw a picture a few weeks back of of the Superdome set up for baseball back then. Yeah. And you were right. The backstop is nowhere near anything. No, no. So if, Cliff thinking, had, if that thing got by Cliff, that thing was going to roll. Cliff just walked hour. back there and basically said bleep. And half the time, the bat boy Yeah. Whoops, I think we lost. Oh, there we go. There he's back. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm getting a call here, boys. So okay. We will All right, Pat. Talk to you tomorrow. Talk to yep. you later. All right, bye. Bye, bye. Pat. See you.
Royce, he jumped up. He did. I was about to say, I was about to bring up uh, one of my earliest Metrodome memories is uh, Tim Wakefield, absolutely, and who I think yeah. made a killing against the Twins in his career. Yeah. I uh, I remember going to that with my dad and my uncle and my brother, and, and Wakefield went like eight innings, three hits, struck out 10 on that flutter knuckle knuckleball. The knuckleball looks, it, it's so seductive because mm-hmm. it, it looks like, like a pitch that as a kid you, you'd go, go home and be like oh this is oh, yeah. simple i can Just do throw it. the fluttering knuckleball right, right? it's the dark. i don't know how you do it wakefield was a failed hitting prospect that turned into a pitcher so wakefield wasn't really? drafted to be a he was with the with the pirates yes um and then he flamed out and got hurt or something and then developed into a knuckleball pitcher it's actually a remarkable story yeah all right sir we are uh, done we'll be Back on Wednesday, Doogie for an extended scoop. We'll talk some wolves then and uh, another dose of Rappin' with Roycey. Talk to you later. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.